Every day during the holiday season, I think I cannot believe that people are willing to pay me to do this because this is the coolest freaking job ever. Welcome to BizCast Greater Lacrosse News from the business community. I'm your host, Vicki Markison, and joining me is Emily Boland. She is the owner of Hunt and Gather Grazing Boards. And I was catching up with your Facebook profile. So you and I, just so everybody knows, you and I started talking uh, pretty soon after you started up, probably about six months in. And I just looked at your Facebook. You have 4.2 thousand followers and you're moving and shaking. We'll get into that. But things have really started to move for you. So you started in February of 2021, middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And just so everyone knows, the pandemic was just the growth of so many people starting up their own businesses and you were one of them. Why did you start up? Um, I think we were all just really sick of like just sitting, right? And that's where I was at too. My husband's a nurse, so he had worked through that whole pandemic. We had decided to like virtual homeschool our daughters for that that full first school year after the the pandemic started. And near the end of it in that February timeframe, I was just getting so overwhelmed um, just by the concept of of everything that was going on worldwide on top of like what was happening inside our house that I kind of just started coping with cheese and wine. uh, And (laughs) my my loving husband was like, hey, honey, uh, maybe we could do this with friends, too. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So we did. uh, I I put a post out on uh, like around Valentine's Day asking if some people would want a grazing board because I was just playing around with it with for my kids and my husband and, and whatnot. So asked them if they'd want one and uh, we got a good, I think we had like two orders that weekend and to me that was just like amazing. I was mm-hmm. like, holy crap, I get to, you know, just make these boards for other people. Um, and nibble on cheese and then process, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> there's no better way to do it. And uh, and then 10 days later we had an LLC. Uh, the following May we were in a commercial kitchen. Um, I don't necessarily know that we went all the steps in the in the right order, but I think that's part of the learning process of owning a business, right? Absolutely. It has grown from two to what is what do your orders look like now? So the weekend before Thanksgiving into the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, we did almost 400 boards. And is that just you doing this? No, no, we have some help. We have some part-time staff that help with like cutting cheese and uh, prepping things. My husband will come in and help. Um, so we... Yeah, we we have the we have a kitchen that we go to and, and we work out of. It is it gets a little full in there on those weekends for sure. There's just <laughs> tabletops full of boards and orders and but it's awesome. You and I were joking before this too because I was saying, okay, how do you say it? Do you say it charcuterie, charcuterie? <laughs> uh, that is why we call them grazing boards. <laughs> <laughs> and now, if you can spell it, that's the next thing, yeah, right? No, if that's you... the ten thousand dollar question for sure, <laughs> right? And yeah. it has expanded. I saw on your Facebook page you had presence at Frothbite this past weekend. Yeah. Like, where have you gone that you weren't expecting to go? We have done big, bi- like other businesses ordering our boards. That was huge for me. I was like, hey, there's other business owners that want to like kind of buy into what we're doing. That's incredible. The space and realm that I I knew I wanted to be in that we never imagined we would be in is this kind of like giving back realm. So it started with just like making small donations when we could um, to like being able to sponsor families over Christmas. Um, and then just last weekend, actually, we were able to donate an entire tabletop setup to the Good Fight Community Center. You know, you have to make more to give more. And so I never imagined that that many people would be buying into this dream. 
dream of mine so that we could then in turn do that. When we started messaging back and forth, you and I had talked about marketing and you said, oh my gosh, I have to factor that into the cost of my product. What was also interesting was how much the university had embraced you. Can Is that still a big yeah, portion of yeah. your business? So we, um, I don't know how we got shared with um, the, the university in the area, um, Viterbo and Western and UWL. Um, but somehow our product was shared with some parents, and that has been a huge part of our business. Um, they order the boards, and then we deliver them to their students, um, any you know, whatever size they find on the, on, uh, the website. And, uh, yeah, it's just a huge, huge part of our business. I think it's a chance for parents to get to connect with their students in such a special way. So we're able to add little notes to it, or, um, we do those number orders for birthdays. So like, you know, 19, 20, 21, those are, those are big birthday orders, especially at the university. Um, or, or just like a, Hey, a small gift I'm thinking about you. Why wouldn't parents want something that's locally owned and yeah. somewhat healthy in moderation. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that the cool part, too, for us is that uh, parents will message us and ask or put in their orders and ask us, like, hey, do you have any other recommendations? And we can make other recommendations to, you know, other small locally owned businesses. So, you know, floral markets for bouquets or um, bakers for cupcakes or, you know, and we're able to make these recommendations and kind of just continue diversifying those small businesses and giving them more uh, exposure. And I'm guessing that for the for the most of us, it's like the holidays are coming. We have all these families coming into our house. How do we make it easier? So you make it easier for the rest of us. But what are the holidays like for your business? Uh, the holidays are a little bit insane. This is where I understand the market that I've reached uh, and the business that I own, because I know as long as like I don't have to put the effort in to bring it to my own party, mm-hmm. then I'm all for it. Mm hmm. And I think that that exact same experience is what our customers are having, too. And it gets very just wild. Like I constantly every day during the holiday season, I think I cannot believe that people are willing to pay me to do this because this is the coolest freaking job ever. Uh, So it's just constant gratitude, I guess, uh, for the fact that, that people will that people will support us in that way. That's so cool. That's what they say, right? You know that you're doing what you should be doing when you don't see it as work, when it's just all passion, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think there are definitely days where it's work, where, you know, it's like, gosh, we have, you know, 100 boards to make today. That's overwhelming. But as long as we have, like, our our scheduling right and our timeframes right, it never feels like work. If you could redo your path, what would you change? I think I would ask for help sooner. Um, I think that I would set some personal boundaries, like setting some time aside a little sooner. Um, I think I would also do uh, time management a little bit better. That is definitely a place that I struggle in. We joke, uh, we make a calendar weekly now, which is something we hadn't done before. Um, I call it my emotional support calendar. It comes everywhere with me. Um, And sometimes it's just there so that I can be like, okay, I am on track. Um, And so uh, I think that I would go back. But the hard part is like, you can't go back and become the person you are now. And of course, there's going to be a future version of me that I'm like, gosh, you know, I'm really proud I became her too. Uh, So I think I think that all the trials and tribulations are there just to kind of mold us into the business owners that we are, where we need to be, when we need to be them. I haven't really hit a huge snag where I feel 
completely at a loss of what to do. This business has given me a ton of confidence to be able to kind of pivot um, and be kind of a problem solver uh, and not hit the barrier and think like I should quit, which is not a personality trait I had before. <laughs> I will tell you that. Like I was very much like, a, oh, this is small inconvenient to happen. I should probably just stop. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I think that's something that I, that I take a lot of pride in is that, that we've had this ability my husband and I, to kind of encourage each other. I, I still remember the first time I really knew he believed in the business because he went and he did one of our like pickups for us where um, like, you know, he gets a lot of the, the things that we need and then we put in, you know, the orders and whatnot. Um, and he had spent like $400 more than I had budgeted for. And I had a complete meltdown, like not small. It was not cute or <laughs> not pretty. No. Uh, and I was like, you know, why did you spend all that money? Like that's going to come out of our personal bank account. Because uh, we because we are a zero debt business, which means we pulled out of our savings and we have and we have just reinvested profit. So at that point, I was like, we don't have enough profit to be reinvesting. Like this is coming out of our savings account again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, honey, it'll be fine. Like, I believe in you. I know that we'll be able to sell like these extra eight packs of olives. You've got it. And I will always kind of look at that moment as a huge turning point uh, in the business of like, it wasn't just me. It was our family. It was our family's income uh, buying into it. It was our family. It was our family's savings account buying into it. And so this was just much more belief in me than, than anyone, myself included, had had. Um, and I knew that I just couldn't quit at that point. That's amazing. It's nice that I talked to you in the in the beginning stages because yeah. now I can say, "Wow, look at how far she's come." But I remember um, you saying that your husband was pretty doubtful. Like, "Oh my gosh, you can't charge that for meat and cheese!" <laughs> and then yeah. he saw it sell, and so then yeah. you get to this point of now he's pushing you, right? Like, yeah. go a little bit farther. Yeah. But what has food prices done for you? Oh gosh, um, food prices have increased. Like for everyone, we are no different. Businesses are still incurring that same cost. I think the problem that businesses specifically have is right. We're the last ones to catch up to the food price increase Um, because not only do we have to incur the cost of goods increase, which means our profit margin drops. We then, in order to be able to make up that, have to increase our prices and immediately we see the customer suffering. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to make the customer at more of a disadvantage than they're already at by increasing our prices. So we see these businesses, you know, before six months behind huge cost of goods increases. And, and we're like, what are they doing? Like, why are they increasing now? And it's like, well, because they didn't want to make you pay for it. But now they absolutely yeah. have to. Um, and I think that's where we struggle the most is the, these food prices just keep going up. So trying to kind of stay on online with those, but also keeping the customer in mind and, and you know, realizing that they're very the very most important part of our business. It, it's really a kind of a tough balance. Small businesses are probably most sensitive to price increases because the other businesses just have quantity to make up for it. So, so it'd be interesting to, to say, okay, I'm seeing changes here, here, and now it's time for us to do it. But it also impacts, as, as you've said, some of those passion areas like the ability to donate. If you don't have the same profits coming in, it's that much harder. And there's simple things like a box of crackers that we were getting two years ago when we first started was $1.65. It's now $2.19, which isn't like it's not a huge deal. And the idea, oh, well, you know, it's not even 60 cents difference. Okay, but when you're buying, you know, huge cases of them, that's $10, $15 difference per case. And that's just one item. 
that's not taking into account cost of meat increases, cost of cheese increases. I guess that leads into what's next? What's your vision for where you're going? Well, right now we're out of the Capella Performing Arts Center, which is on uh, 721 King Street. Our hope is to stay there. But ideally, we'd love to open up like a retail space. Um, We've gotten a lot of feedback, especially at Frostbite this past weekend, about people wanting to see kind of the cheeses that we use on retail, which is not a space or realm that I had ever imagined we would be. I kind of thought that people enjoyed us making the boards, but I'm realizing now like us being able to curate and work with all these regional artisans, especially here in Wisconsin, we have so many amazing cheeses to offer. So we're able to feature all those incredible local cheeses on our boards. And now people are wanting to buy them in larger quantities. And I'm like, wow, that wasn't something I thought about, but I think that is absolutely something we can embrace. Right. And then that's the ripple effect, right? So your business is now fueling other businesses mm-hmm. and small local businesses probably as well. So yeah, that's exciting. It is. It's really cool. It's fun to, to be a part of it. The business community, especially in La Crosse and the Cooley region, is incredible and uplifting and supportive. And I absolutely love being a part of and encapsulated by this very specific group of people. Um, It's so collaborative that it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's impossible to fail, but it is, if you are willing to reach out, ask for help, ask for mentorship, there is people willing to help and step in line. And I think that that is incredible. Um, Not every community and area is like that. That's amazing to hear. I mean, that's what that's what we need to fuel more small businesses, because that is where in terms of quantity of growth, that's where small businesses is where it's at. So mm-hmm. I always like to end the show with what makes you passionate about what you do? Why are you passionate about it? Um, I think I'm super passionate about it because um Food to me and to our family has always kind of been this space of gathering and exploring and trying. Um, And through the business, we're able to offer that to other people. We're we're able to kind of offload those things that stress them out about what to bring to family gatherings or what to bring to small gatherings. And we can offload that workload and kind of ease their life there. And then also we can kind of give them like an opportunity in a talking space like, hey, did you try that cheese or did you try that meat or that cracker? You know, all of these opportunities to kind of connect and gather over food um a big a big part of the business for me has always been like helping you gather with confidence like we just want you to feel confident when you walk into that gathering there's already enough stresses in the world let us do the meat and cheese you're listening to bizcast greater lacrosse with my guest emily boland with hunt and gather grazing boards thanks for joining us thanks we'll see so you much, next time Vicky.